Cover City. Cover City Sports is back here on 9-1-2021 with a full week of a weekend of college football upcoming. Steve Rue, what's going on? Fired up. Fire, fired up. I'll double that. Fired up. Got a whole bunch of ranked opponent, opponents facing off this week in the college football world. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get into the story of the week. Let's jump into saloon talk. This is Cover City Saloon Talk. I think we start this one off with uh, Bishop Bishop Sycamore, uh, which, if you haven't heard, is not a real high school. However, they did play on ESPN this week against uh, the number one nationally ranked high school team, IMG, again, live on ESPN. Uh, before we get into the details, Steve, what was, what was your favorite part of this story? Dave, I can really appreciate this one. Junior college dropouts are uh, on the active roster for Bishop Sycamore. So 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds just, you know, playing playing a little high school football, a little prep football, I guess, if you want to say. Yeah, listen, no one says you can't keep living the dream. Rue, what about you? It's so funny because the story just gets more ridiculous, more ridiculous, more funny. I think something that stood out to me was the, the name Bishop Sycamore. Like, you look at schools like Bishop Gorman, you know, even Big, Bishop McGinn, Bishop our McGinn, own here our local locally. Own. Those were like real people. Those were Bishop McGinn was a person. Bishop Gorman was a person. There's no such thing as a Bishop Sycamore. No one was ever Bishop Sycamore on God's creation. <laughs> no one was ever named. It's a freaking tree. <laughs> yeah, it's <just> a, <laughs> incredible. I, I how think, the story gets only more like unrealistic. I think my favorite part was uh, two of the players got interviewed by I believe it was Complex Magazine. And they couldn't fly to the game against IGM because the head coach, along with multiple players, had warrants out for their arrest and weren't able to fly. <laughs> you know, you'll have that. So let's, you'll have let's that. Let's go ahead. Let's let's explain, I guess, a little bit to the listener what was going on. Basically, this head coach, uh, Roy Johnson here, uh, created this team, Bishop Sycamore. They had a way that, through marketing uh, of getting themselves in really – high spotlight spotlight games but basically the team was consisted of players from 15 to to 21 years old there was absolutely no schooling there was no real school that they were going to i think the students said that one time they got dropped off at like a local library and that was school for like the week they were living in uh, apartment buildings and or hotels and it's just it's really odd the, the coaches would show up to some of the high level uh, recruiting camps, recruit high school players to move there, uh, basically sell them on a dream. And as soon as they showed up, it was pretty evident that that there was real no dream at, at Bishop Sycamore. This guy couldn't even win good though. Yeah, it all it all well it all got exposed once they went on ESPN and they were playing IGM. And in the game, the ESPN announcers were basically like realizing that this wasn't a real team when they were googling a lot of the players. It's like a major league is like, who are these? guys and it, it was an absolute blowout at one point they were worried about the player safety on the field and steve i'll let you get into some of the the, the more funnier points of, the, of this story 
I just think it's great that, you know, when you Google map the Bishop uh, Sycamore's uh, location, it looks like a townhouse somewhere in like Brunswick, you know, like a, one of those condos, those, those old like brick condos in, in Brunswick or like Troy Hill apartments is that, that's, that's what freaking Bishop Sycamore, uh, Sycamore said on the coach. Uh, like you mentioned, had arrest warrants out uh, uh, against him. Um, and, and the best part is that, that he couldn't even win good. He was 0-6 last year, and he got his – they got smashed two times in three days last weekend. They played Friday, then turned around and played on ESPN Sunday, correct? I think That's or a turnaround maybe is we've it, never seen in the sport. And, 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 and yeah, Two games in three days. Two games in three days, trying to say that all the players didn't play, but if you watch the film from both games – the majority of the snaps were taken by the same same players each game, and he can't even win good. So it's like, what what the freak? Uh, the memes on this were hilarious. I mean, we could go over, uh, you know, they're 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 endless, and they're, they're the internet they're still stays going. undefeated. Undefeated, you can't you you, just, you can't even hold them down on this one. It's a, they they they. My big question the on this whole story is like. Roy Johnson was doing this. Obviously, the whole thing was a lie and a farce. But the question is, why? I mean, he still put a lot of work in to do this. Sure. Like, you don't just – I mean, just to get – if we wanted to start a local football team, just getting the equipment alone is, is a lot of work. And I think that's one of the questions a lot of people have. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on what do you think the actual, you know, motive was Reasoning, to, to right. do this? Yeah. No clue. I, like, it's got to be a money thing with ESPN. I mean, I, I was going to say, on paper, this dude is an evil genius. Who's going Absolutely. to prison. Like, pound me in the ass prison is where he's about to have I don't. I don't know what the motive could be. Like I said, maybe sing, sing, he son. could. At some point, you got to think, I'm going to get caught doing this no matter how big I get. I, I, you know, and being a convict himself, like, I, I don't think he cared. I think, you know, he, he had. there has to be... Uh, uh, you know, ploy behind it that he was getting over on something, someone financially. It can't be. He wasn't just doing this out of the goodness of his heart or, or like, to try to get Deion Sanders to notice him so he can go go down to Jackson State and, and, and you know, coach for coach for, for him next year. The player I, I just said that he pulled it. all his plays off Madden, which, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> Nailed um, it. The players were actually, I guess they'd, like, they'd throw him a couple hot dogs every other day. Like, they weren't eating. They'd show up. You know, these were like a lot of them were 15, 16 year olds, even though that's somewhere uh, near 20 plus. But basically, they would rob Target and Walmart to eat. It, it's crazy it went on this long. It, it's wild. Yeah. Wild. Wild. That, I mean, and to and think if they didn't play if they didn't play on ESPN, it would still, still be going. going. It would have never came still to be light. Going. No clue. Yeah, some of the interviews are just pretty telling. The, the stories are, I guess, kind of what you expect. You know, some 15 to 20 year olds just living unsupervised in apartments you can kind of put together what some of those stories might be but even the practices <laughs> i guess were just fights breaking out every day they were lucky to put the same team together each week um i, I don't know it, it i Rue, i like your point though it is like an evil genius type of situation for for roy johnson the head coach With just no motive but like I, I was actually watching this game live and it was there was definitely some telling points like this like, number 54, he was a lineman, goes to the ground, and the announcers, he's on the ground. They go to commercial break, but the announcers can't say anything. They don't have a 54 on the roster. They don't have his name anywhere to be found. So <laughs> the announcers go, and like, we don't, we don't have a name on the roster for 54, but here we're going to commercial. It's like so many wrongs <laughs> made this right. It's like, well, what's ESPN doing not, like, back-checking a high school team? Even if yeah. they are a legit high school. Like, 
don't you want to know, like, hey, did these guys actually have legit D1 players? Or, yeah. you know, me and Steve-O can start a uh, Rivals 2.0 tomorrow and give uh, the whole Capital District, name them all five-star athletes. Dave, I could get a good look at a, um, a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but wouldn't I rather take the butcher's word for it? <laughs> Steve, I think that's the perfect transition into another high school game that went viral uh, this week, and that, that one featured Trent Dilfer. More on a famous, a little bit of a f- famous platform with this one. Right, Trent Dilfer's uh, head coach at uh, high school in Tennessee. He's taking it over. Um, you know, he's really made a name for himself outside of just being an NFL quarterback, being on ESPN. Uh, he runs the Elite 11 camps uh, every year uh, for, for ESPN. Uh, you know, all the top quarterbacks in the nation uh, go to that, get invited to that. And, uh, yeah, Trent Dilfer went postal. Yeah, postal. He, uh, yeah, so like you said, he's a head coach of Lipscomb Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and there was a video that went viral, uh, if you didn't see it, of him uh, getting pretty physical with the kid after a play. And um, it was actually, his name was Bo Dawson. He's the son of the former NFL kicker Phil Dawson, who is the special teams coordinator for that Lipscomb High School football team. And, um, yeah, he got yeah, physical so Ru, and for, it, it caused some uproar. For the, listener, Ru, for the listeners, what exactly happened? So it was a short clip that went viral, short video clip. But explain to them what exactly happened. Yeah, so he just had, like, uh, it was almost like he had his hands on him, and he was pushing him, and he was telling him to sit down. He was yelling at him to sit down, and the kid was kind of not having it. but uh, Dropped his helmet. Dropped his helmet. And, it, uh, yeah, there was, some, there was some criticism, and there was some support. So it was kind of an interesting situation. I didn't know the background to it. I didn't know if maybe this kid kind of got into it on the I field. I think he just got lippy with him. That's what it was. Don't it was get just, Listen, Miss Lippy, I don't want to hear it. Like her, your car might be green, but you're not talking back to you know your head coach. I I, lo- I love it. I love that the kid they got in the kid's face. I love that he got stern with the kid. You know, the kid obviously in my mind he needed it, and I think that in today's society we're we're we're, we're soft. Everyone's soft. Like everyone, you know. Oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't put your hands on a player. Well, he, he didn't really he, he didn't Bobby Knight him. I mean, he didn't he, he didn't throw a chair at him. He you know, he, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think a little bit of tough love can go a long way uh, in, in certain instances. And I didn't see anything wrong with what Trent Dilford did. So, Steve-O, if, if, if you're the father and it's your son and you're watching Trent Dilford push your kid in front of, in front of thousands of fans, and then later, knowing that, that you're Trent Dilford and this clip is probably going to go viral um, – and now your son is plastered all over every media site and social media site in the nation, um, and his face is is, obvi- is obviously in it. That that's not going to upset you. You think that's just that that was good. Good job, Trent. Glad you put my son down like that in front of the world. Well, his his father is a coach on the team. One, two. I don't. I mean, what what if it? You know, like. I don't see a problem with it. I don't. I don't care. I'll tell my kid to stop being an asshole. Listen to your coach. I don't care. I'm sorry that social media is the way it is today, and you could fart on social media, and, and it's going to go viral the next day because you're famous or whatever. But it's you know, it, it, to me, it, it's fine. I I I don't see any problem with a coach getting stern with his players. I don't. You know, it, it's unfortunate that it went viral and and whatnot. But I don't think it's as big as. Like if that wasn't Trent Dilfer and that was just, 
Bob Burns at CBA yelling at one of his players, it wouldn't have gone viral. It went viral because it was Trent Dilfer, not because it was a high school yeah, football Yeah, and so th- coach. Th- that, that's my problem with the, with the whole thing. One, I, no head coach needs to take that much time out of the game to push a kid into, into, a, um, you know, into the bench and yelling at him. Sorry, there's a game going on. Get your head back in the game. Um, also, I, I don't think coaches need to put their hands on people. If they're, if it's a line coach and he's shown him to do a drill and he gets pissed off at him and he grabs him to block him the way that he's supposed to be blocking, that's different. But just because I'm the head coach and I'm upset with you because something you said to me, I shouldn't be putting my hands on you. And Trent Dilfer should know better uh, not to do that in public given, given you know, the, the fame that he has. I mean, I'm sorry. If I'm this kid... I don't want this to be what I'm known for. I made one mistake talking back to my coach. I don't know a football player that never talked back to their coach. Yet I do know every every football player that I've played with, none of them have gone viral and had to have their face plastered all over it. It's just I it, – that, Trent Dilfer should know better, and that's why I think he immediately apolog, apologized. Yeah, so Trent, Phil, Trent Dilfer did issue an apology, and I think his main purpose for – well, I mean – Rather than the fact that getting physical with a high school student, but he was kind of just more upset in the fact that he made him out as the villain in some people's eyes, Bo Dawson. Um, in the video or afterwards? In the video or just like how you right, know, right. people I who are supporting it, making like him out as the villain. He backtracked and, and apologized and took yeah, he you just kind of didn't want responsibility for his own actions. His I'm sorry, I would just him. expect more from a, you know, from someone like Trent Dilfer, if that's what they have to do to get through to a high school kid, given all the fame and respect and knowledge that they have, I just, I think that's pathetic. Yeah, I don't know about it. I wouldn't go that far. But I just, you know, to me, it's like there, there are certain instances where I've been triggered to, you know, like dealing with truck drivers all day long. Like if a truck driver, truck, truck driver told me to go fuck myself, like I, I flip, I lose my shit. I, still, like, you can't compare people that you work with that are the same age as you to someone that's 40 years, you know, 30 years younger than you that's in high school and he's just a might kid be worse. making a mistake. It, it, right, it might be worse. So what, what, who's a kid to talk back to an adult? Like, because you're the, the Super Bowl champion lose. at that. No one, huh? no the one's Super Bowl champion at that. Yeah. No one's saying the player should talk back to the coach and get away with it. I'm just saying it should be dealt with in a different fashion, especially, you know, when you're in front of a live audience and you know that it's being filmed, that you're always being filmed, et cetera. Agree to disagree. Yeah. I, I think, come on. I mean, Trent, Trent's no, he knows better. He knows he's wrong. I mean, on the other point of that, you know, we talked about uh, Philip Rivers. Now you saw his interview. Nine, nothing. Night and day. Night and day difference, right? Yeah, well, they won that game by 55. I don't think the other team even left the locker room. <laughs> Cheerleaders were out there in the fourth yeah. quarter. I, I, but I agree. I, I think there's a different temperament with, with you know, someone like Philip Rivers. I, you know, I, I don't know. Philip Rivers gets fired up. He's been mic'd up a lot and gets fired up and, you know, talks some, talk some smack uh, himself. He was actually – a lot of guys say he was one of the best shit talkers there was in the NFL, so – yeah, I, his, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> his mic'd ups were hilarious. <laughs> uh, we got to throw one of those on social media, but they were like dry humor after getting like slammed to the ground. I think um, it was like the Broncos or something. He threw like an 80 yard touchdown pass and like screamed in the lineman's like ear, like, whoa, we all the lineman's like, well, yeah, I, to I, wrap I, up Trent Dilfer, I say could have went about it in a different way. Uh, went hardo for, 
for what's common in, in high school football, talking back, especially during the heat of the game. Uh, so that's where I'll leave that one. And I think, I think the 90s football players really took this one on social media and ran with it because their coaches in practice, you know, whether it was a line drill or, or working with linebackers would Jackie up all the time. But th- this, was, this was different. This was just because he pissed off Trent Dilfer. So Trent Dilfer attacked. How about the attack of Cam Newton on the New England Patriots, Dave? Oh, wait a minute. He's not on the Patriots anymore. He got cut this week. And Mac Jones has been named the starter. Yeah, Matt, I mean, Mac Jones had a phenomenal preseason. Uh, Cam Newton gave him some additional reps because he went down with COVID, which gave, you know, Mac Jones the ability to get more COVID. reps. It wasn't even COVID. It was... It was something with the COVID protocols, and he didn't follow the regulations that the— He got, like, an outside test, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, which so— didn't... Which was against the New England Patriots team— but The NFL Regulations, protocol, or yeah. the NFL, yeah. So he had to sit out five games of practice, and it really kind of pushed the envelope for, for Mac Jones to really— What I heard today is that Mac Jones, they were 100% going forward with him going to be the starting quarterback and they didn't want to disrespect cam to be a backup and giving him a shot to to leave and go try to be a starter somewhere but i just don't especially this year and this late in the the season or the, this late in camps and what whatnot i mean the preseason's over i i, I don't foresee him i don't think they really to need start. to see how cam was going to perform in preseason anyway you know what I mean? I think right. that's irrelevant at Cam Newton at this point in Cam Newton's right. it career. Right, it was more so if they thought Mac Jones could handle the pressures of going up against NFL players. Let's see, well, what do you think of Cam Newton getting cut? I think that's what surprised people. I think if you said Cam's going to be number two, but, um, yeah, he obviously got cut. And what do you make of that? Because I think you that's know what? a little more where the shock was. Here's a big thing to me. Um, his coach in Carolina, Ron Rivera, coaches for Washington football team. Two years in a row, Ron Rivera did not even make a slight move to try to get Cam Newton. Even when he went and got Fitzmagic uh, this year, you know, really didn't have uh, a solidified number one quarterback last year either. Um, so there was a lot of questions arose that there's a possibility that Cam could end up in Washington, and he didn't even bat an eye. He did not want Cam on his team. It just goes to show me – you know, Cam's a diva, man. Cam's Cam's that about be... Cam. Like if it ain't if it ain't rolling around Cam, if it's not rotating around Cam, and it's it's not jiving with the guy. I, I've never heard a teammate, you know, get out and really say anything overly positive about Cam as a teammate, as, you know, as a team leader. Um, he was a great. He was a he was a good football player. He was a three time Pro Bowler. You know, MVP of the league, led the Panthers to a Super Bowl. But, you know, he fell off, and he fell off quick. And I think a lot of it might have to do with who he is and, and how he projects himself. So a lot of people at ESPN were saying Cam got cut because he's not vaccinated. I don't think it had anything to do with it. I mean, you know, I know the regulations are a lot stiffer and a lot more uh, elongated for players that are not vaccinated, and if they do get that get COVID, they can they can cost teams games. But I I just you know I know Bill Belichick does not give the media anything. You know they ask the questions, but he doesn't give the straightforward answer. 
Um, but in this instance, I think you nailed it on the head, Dave. I think they saw what they wanted to see out of Mac Jones, and Cam was irrelevant. Cam, at that point, he was he was not in the equation anymore. They did not need him. He was he was you know the weak link, and they just let him go. Yeah, it was actually interesting. Belichick got asked that this morning on ESPN, and his response was, "Listen, there, there's a lot of players vaccinated on this team and personnel." And there's a lot of positive cases within the vaccinated group, and the COVID had nothing to do with it. Steve, I think it's like you said last night. Uh, I think he got cut. You know, follow the money. A lot of if you want a lot of answers in life, just follow the money trail. And and what right. did you say? His if he if he uh, made the team, it was like a nine million dollar. Yeah, he made the team, and then and then I think with incentives, he could have gotten up to nine million. I think it was like a two million dollar contract with incentives that, you know, if he started a certain amount of games, had a certain amount of snaps, threw for a certain amount of yards, he could have gotten up to a $9 million uh, salary this year. But, you know. We got uh, back to your uh, the vaccination thing and Bel- Belichick not saying whether it was about vax or not. This kind of this came out today, and I'm surprised. Well, he he said it was news. not. He, he said adamantly. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I'm surprised this isn't bigger news, but Urban Meyer did have like a quick statement saying they took into consideration vaccination status when it came to cuts. And like, I want to say within minutes or probably the hour, the Jaguars organization came out as a organization saying that we didn't do that. That wasn't the case. Vaccination status had nothing to do about it. And uh, just, just popped up Urban Meyer. There's, there's one article saying Jaguars can't afford many more rookie mistakes by Urban Meyer. That, that was one, because I think it was part of the agreement with the players' union that, right. that you were not supposed to take vaccinated or non-vaccinated into account when, uh, you know, it's supposed to be you, you make the team based on talent and need, not based on medical records. And so when he came out and said that, I think he was basically breaking uh, that agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what is being investigated. Which I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not bigger news. Well, you know, it's pretty funny though. It's like because you know, I heard something today. It's like you know, Urban Myers used to you know rule in the roost. You know, in college, anywhere it was, Florida, Ohio State, you know, even Utah for that matter. Um, you know, he could get away with whatever he wanted. He's Urban freaking Meyer. A guy's going to win national championships, and he could do say whatever he wanted. He could hire jackass coaches that you know go. You know, put the school through the ringer, and and Urban Meyer comes out squeaky clean. He could have convicts down in Florida, murderers, this, that, and the other thing, and and he's still squeaky clean. Well, now you're in the NFL, brother. This is you know the not for long league, and we see how college coaches have fared in the NFL, like Steve Spurrier, um, uh, who else? Nick Saban, the greatest college coach probably of all time. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't fare very well because. You know, the, the, their temperaments and their their kind of, uh, you know, where they came from doesn't always doesn't translate They got people to answer success. to. You got right, people to right. answer to. They're not um, gods. So, Steve, so let's wrap up Saloon Talk here. Um, with with Cam out and with, with Mac Jones in, that's basically uh, three of the five first-rounders taken in this year's draft. They're going to be starting on opening day. Um, what rookie QB do you think will have the, the worst growing pains? You know what? And he did very well in the preseason, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised, I guess, if you want to say, but Zach Wilson with the Jets. 
Um, I just think when he really gets everything gets up to full speed and he's really seeing number one defenses and they're throwing the kitchen sink at the kid, I think Zach Wilson's going to have uh, the biggest struggles. I know you could say you know Trevor Lawrence, but I think the game's going to slow down a little bit faster or a little bit more for Trevor than it will uh, Zach. And, and really the jets are in, in, in a tougher, in a very tough division. You know, you got Miami, you got the bills, you got the Patriots who are, you know, we've spoken to numerous times, spent tons of money in the off season, got six players back from the COVID, you know, being out with COVID last year. So they're in a tough division. Um, to where I, I, I think that the biggest growing pains will be for for Zach Wilson because he's I think he's in the worst position. He they did, you know, bring some weapons around him, Elijah Moore and whatnot, but I think it's gonna be Zach Wilson. I think everyone else is gonna be eased into it a little bit more. If um Mac Jones was on the Jets and Wilson was on the Pats, would you would you be saying Mac Jones now? Definitely. I, I think yeah. anybody that ended up on the Jets. What about than, if it was Trevor you know, Lawrence? It would be a harder kind of draw for me to, to go that way. But I, you know what? I think the, the goddamn Jets. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm just I'm not sold. I know they have Robert Sala in, you know, rookie head coach who's, you know, really did great things for San Francisco's defense out there. People love him, you know, really think he's a player's coach. But I just think he, he's going to have the worst growing pains in the toughest division. And I think Bill Belichick's going to put Mac Jones in the right position to succeed. I think the other two that aren't starting are Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And from what I'm hearing is Trey Lance is going to almost – be like you know QB one A where he's gonna go in on certain situations, certain plays on certain drives, not just like oh well you know Garoppolo gets you know first drive, third drive, and Jimmy gets the second, fourth. No, it's like no, you you might get the first two snaps, and then Trey comes in for the third snap. Like they, they're they're talking like Kyle Shanahan's gonna run some different schemes like that, but I still think he'll be eased into it. I don't think he'll take the brunt of the you know punishment i guess if you want to say for for failure it'll more so be on jimmy and then you know let's be honest andy dalton's probably just gonna get his head smashed in uh and and justin fields is gonna come in and save the day and be like the you know the franchise savior that that's what i'm thinking but you know i got a, kind of a hard on for justin Fields. so um i don't know I, I think it's gonna be great i think this rookie qb class is is awesome it's one we haven't seen probably in a long time um and i know like i keep saying preseason's preseason but a lot of these guys they showed that they can play you know at an elite level in the preseason we'll just yeah i think, see I think the nfl's got a ton of young talent at qb and uh should be an exciting year for that so that's gonna wrap up saloon talk let's uh let's jump into some of the top games of the week we got eight of them to go through and it starts on thursday night and for the listeners so we record on wednesday night uh, we do do our best to get this out on Thursday, uh, but sometimes we push to Friday. So Thursday night game is is number four, Ohio State, favored by 14 points uh, against Minnesota, 8 p.m. on Fox. Uh, the over-under on that game is 63 and a half. Uh, Steve-O, last week we talked about Ohio State, new quarterback, ton of, ton of talent at wide receiver. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Dave, tons of talent uh, at wide receiver. 14, you know, I don't know. I don't know. 14 might be a little bit 
too much for PJ Fleck and, and, and company there with you know Tanner Morgan. They're they're you know bringing him back as a, a junior quarterback there who put up pretty good numbers um, as a sophomore. Played minimal last year. I think he got injured, um, and so technically this would be his senior year. But it, it, he's classified as a junior because of the COVID year. Um, but Tanner Morgan, he was electric two years ago. Uh, really kind of you know jumped onto the scene in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, Big Ten's more kind of like known for smash mouth football, where Ohio State over the past few years and and even that you know Minnesota there uh, with Tanner Morgan kind of. Kind of hyped up the more so the, the spread it out, yeah, the spread spread offense and 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 throwing the ball a little bit more to to add a bigger dynamic. But Dave, like you said, um, even though uh, C.J. Stroud's a, a, a freshman or redshirt freshman quarterback coming in to start, the weapons that he's got around him with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, running back, uh, what would we, Master, uh, Teague. Master Teague. So I, you know, the the weapons what that Ohio name. State's going to have on offense. 14 might be the number, you know, for 14, 17 points. You know, the, Ohio State might come out and prove a point. Ryan Day got a full camp with these kids, so it's not like they're they're coming in off a of COVID year where at least they had Justin Fields last year, so they were confident in a quarterback that knew the system. Well, you know, they had a full camp. They had a full spring practice, full spring, you know, ball, uh, full fall camp. So, you know, I, I think – Ohio State is going to be another juggernaut. We talked about it last week, and um, I, I just don't so know. Where, where, one thing, you're flipping a coin on this one. I I would with the number. It's a high number for week one. I just there's so much uncertainty week one that we don't know enough about yet. So 14, I'm saying it's too much, and I think 63 and a half for this this game is too much. You know. Primetime game, Fox might be some tight buttholes in, in, you know, in the in the stadium where guys are a little bit nervous and you know maybe they're getting some cobwebs out. So I'm looking at I'm looking at you know staying away from the point spread because I don't know what Ohio State is truly capable of. But I think the over under and I hate doing it, but unders unders my play. Under we go, um, and that's going to take us into Friday night, number ten UNC at Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech is uh, given five and a half. I'm sorry, is getting five getting, and a half yeah. with uh, over under a 64 and a half, and that's six o'clock on ESPN. Um, Steve, uh, Sam Howell, you know, preseason All American, returning for his junior year. Uh, yep. They lost some talent around him at the skilled positions on offense. You know, can, can they pull this one off? Are you taking them with the points? Yeah, you or know, give, what, sorry, they, given he, the points. Sure, given so given the five and a half on the road, um, Vatek, Justin Fuentes, you know, I don't think he's taken over the 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 Frank Beamer. You know, he he built that program up to something, and Justin Fuentes was a young and upcoming coach that they thought would kind of keep that train moving along. He's kind of he struggled. He struggled at Vatek. Mac Brown has gone into North Carolina and and really become a, a huge recruiter. Uh, for that school. So, yes, they lost their top two running backs. Yes, they lost their top wide receiver. But they still have Sam Holland. As we know, Dave and Rooster, in college football, if you have an elite quarterback, you're always going to be relevant. You are always going to be in that game. Um, so, in, in this case, again, I think 64.5 is a lot of points. I think that's a ton of points for a Friday night game, for opening week. Brand um, new quarterback. Friday is always a brand weird, new quarterback, weird night to play football. 
Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah it's you high know. school night. Yeah, it's high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of still starting to steal a little boy's thunder. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? What else? Hit him with some stats, Rue. Give it to him. What's yeah, good? Yeah, what we got? We got uh, UNC's 4-1, and one, their last five away games against the spread. Or no, they're 4-1 and one straight up, 2-3 and three against the spread in their last five away. Uh, they've averaged over 40 points per game last year. Hal Chuck throw over 300 passing yards per game. Um, in my opinion, I think this is a statement game for Hal because if – I recall correctly, he's third or fourth in the Heisman running and has a legit shot from his numbers from last year. He's got to show out against this new quarterback, um, against a team that's been struggling. Who would you say, Braxton Burmeister? Braxton Burmeister, this yeah. Guy sounds like a guy from like uh, Christmas. Santa, or what was it, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah. there where you go to the island of Misfits Toys and, you know, Braxton yeah, they're, uh, head <laughs> Burmasters, you know, coming out to lead the, the way with Cornelius. Hennon Hooker departed for Tennessee, and Quincy Patterson departed for starter at North Dakota State. Uh, those were their two prior quarterbacks. So, not even a backup. Kind of a new, yeah. new face. New face for, for Vatek. And, and actually, Virginia Tech missed the, uh, missed the bowl game last year for the first time in 27 years. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to roll with the Tar Heels. I'm going Tar Heels on this one. I'm going Sam Holland Company, Mac Brown. Uh, getting it done on the road week one. Let's do it. So then Saturday, a monster um, a monster lineup here, especially for monster. for the first week uh, of the season. And it starts with, with uh, Penn State, number 19 Penn State at number 12 Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin is uh, given five here with an over-under of 50, and that's at noon on Fox. Nooner, we you know, Penn State's looking for a big turnaround season. Really, really had a tough COVID year last year. We knew how screwy the Big Ten was and what, what they kind of weren't playing, were playing, weren't playing, were playing. You know, it was a kind of, you know, guessing game on what was going to go on there. Uh, James Franklin has done a good job of, you know, building on what Bill O'Brien kind of started the rebuild after the whole, you know, debacle with Penn State football. Um, they've got Sean Clifford returning at quarterback. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, if I ask my man Joe Bianco down in Delaware what he thinks, he's going to say, you know, Penn State by 100. But I, I don't know if I can go there. Wisconsin's bringing back Graham Mertz. Uh, started last year, got injured, uh, but did show some really – uh, good flashes of, of being an elite quarterback. You know, we're going Big Ten football here. I think this is going to be a smash-mouth game. Um, Phil Steele, actually. Phil Steele, I've, you know, people that don't know, does a, a huge uh, college football magazine each and every year. Uh, really big into it. Uh, very known, very known, I don't know if you want to call him an analyst or guy that covers college football. He has... Uh, Wisconsin is his number two surprise team in the nation for, for the upcoming season. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Wisconsin's always in the running for a Big Ten um, title game. And I think, you They're know, definitely always relevant. Yeah, yeah. At least in recent years. Sure, sure. Yeah, we got uh, Wisconsin 24-25 and one as a home favorite in the Paul Christ era. Um, Christ. Some, Chris era. I like Christ. Christ sounds good. Christ Almighty, but it is Chris. So, <laughs> uh, so for my research, we got the Badgers uh, only ran for 200 yards once in 2020, and uh, a lot of a lot of analysts saying both teams here have struggled establishing a run game, which has hurt their passing game. And 
Um, you know, if Wisconsin can get it going with the ground game and can have a weapon in the backfield, we know that Graham Mertz can truck the ball. If they get that, they can, they're going to win the, win the game by a significant amount. But like you said, smash mouth football, you know, that five spread, it might be tight. And if they can't smash mouth it, then they can't, you know, like you said, they can't play action off it. And, and right. Really and, and that goes for both sides game. of the ball. I sure. mean, that's football one on one. So but this is where I'm going to be that. This is where it stands out. I agree. I'm yeah. going to be the, the, the kind of the boner, if you want to say, and, and, and go with the under again. 50 points, these two teams, a lot of unknowns. I'm going under again. I know it sucks. I know no one likes betting under, but I'm going with the under. I don't think these two offenses have really, you know, figured it out in week one. They're not going to be clicking on all cylinders. Go with the under. I, I, so I would just add my, my two cents on this is I, I kind of like Wisconsin. I think the teams that really struggled in the spring in this or last season, I think they struggle harder to to really come out of the gates um, with some momentum with, with a win. Yeah. I, agree. I think we I'm underestimate. We we like gave a pass on teams last year that had a bad season, but really, really for like for no reason. I'm gonna go into the sandlot with this one, Dave. We really underestimated the power of the beast. <laughs> I blame myself, but that yeah, I agree. I agree. We need an aerial I, I totally attack. Totally agree. <laughs> we need an aerial attack. Um, yeah, I agree. I I truly think that that the teams that did struggle last year are, are probably going to be, you know, have a, have a little tougher go of it to at least start the season. Um, right. And, right. And a team that I think is going to have a real tough go of it. Dave is the next game. And uh, number 14th ranked uh, Miami is uh, taking on number one ranked Alabama. Bama. Mercedes Benz stadium down in Hotlanta, Atlanta, Bama's minus 20 over under 62 in this one. 3.30 ABC Saturday. It's going to be cranking. Uh, I'm hyped to see Bryce Young and what he's got. He was a highly recruited, highly touted um, uh, quarterback out of California where, you know, Nick Saban and, and a lot of these East Coast schools have been stealing, um, you know, California quarterbacks. We're going to talk about DJ Ugalele later. He was a college or Cali quarterback uh, who really can't stay in the Pac-12. And I'm excited to see what this Bryce Young can do. Dual threat quarterback, throw it, run it, um, and really kind of interested to see what to see what Bama's offense is going to look like with Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator as well. Steve Sarkeesian left to take over Texas, who we're going to mention here in another uh, you know matchup against ranked opponents later. Um, but I'll be interested to see what the Bama offense can can do. They they have John Menchie uh, back. Uh, he's going to be the the main target at wide receiver, kind of. You know, I think a lot of roll tied Bama fans are looking for him to step in to be that uh, Devontae Smith type uh, from last year. They lost him and Jalen Waddle, um, so you know they got some shoes to fill. Najee Harris left, so you know Bama's got shoes to fill, but they're Bama man, number one recruiting class in the nation basically every year. So you know they they bring in they bring in horses and Miami. I just Derek King had a knee injury, you know, late in the season last year. I I just don't know how he's going to react and how truly healthy uh, he is. And and you know, he's he's what makes them go. If Derek King's not going, Miami's not going. Um, Mario Diaz is you know he's been there. I think this is his third season as head coach. He was the DC before that. I don't know. I, I'm I'm rolling tied. 
till the tide rolls me. That was my motto last year, and I'm going to stick with it this year. Roll tide, roll tide. Yeah, I think one one fun fact here is Bama covered last of their five neutral site opening games dating dating back to 2015. So, um, I, I don't know. Who hard hard to find someone to bet against Bama opening week, um, especially especially going in Miami, who's kind of been a little bit hit or miss, uh, especially right. against the spread. I think they're six and five against the spread last year, um, and Bama was nine and four. But moving and, and, on, and when. But before you move on, and Dave, like nine and four is with big spreads, big lines. Like it's not like you know, Bama even in an SEC conference, you know they're laying double digits almost every single game. And so to go nine and four, you know, in those games, that's 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 good. Yeah, that's and then good. we so then we got a uh, three thirty on BTN uh, number seventeen, big Indiana ten network. at number eighteen, Iowa. Uh, Iowa is giving three and a half points of the over under at 45. The Hoosiers, baby. What we got? Michael Penix Jr. is back. Another guy dealing with a knee injury, coming off injury uh, a little bit earlier in the season. Uh, maybe, only, maybe only a few weeks, but I don't know. Rue, hit him, hit him with what, what the Hoosiers did for Cover City Sports and, and, and our 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 listeners last year you want to talk about free money indiana give me my money money well i'll just say overall indiana was combined uh in the past three seasons seven and zero against the spread as a road dog um but i think last year we had them at what was it seven and one yes seven and one against the spread spread. so that was easy money hop on the hoosiers wagon because it's they're all in three against the spread in their last three games against iowa now it makes you think. Okay, now 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 you got to put your thinking cap on. Maybe dig into it's this one a little with, bit with, deeper. Uh, with hold my Michael Penix at quarterback. I know hold my playing so well last year too until <laughs> he got hurt. He was glad I, to see him back though. Love the kid. Lefty could could throw it, could run it. Uh, hate to see him going out with the knee injury like that. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I there's good numbers in this game, like you just said. Uh, you know, they're seven and one last year, but. They're zero and three in their last three home ge- in their last three games against the Hawkeyes, and the Hawkeyes are nine and five against the spread in their last fourteen games as home favorites. You know what I'm going to do for the fans? I'm going to give them what they need. What I'm going to give them what they need, and they need an over. Our fans need an over. We got to give them what they need. A little over in this game, baby. Favorite has won this uh, game uh, four straight. Four straight times the favorite in the game has won. But I'm going to stay away from that because I'm not betting against Indiana. I'm not going to do it. But the over is hitting six straight games in Iowa City. This game's in Iowa City. Let's make it a lucky seven. Let's make it a lucky seven. Go with the over, baby. Keep it moving to 430 on Fox. Number 23, uh, Louisiana Lafayette. And number 21, Texas. Texas given nine and a half with the over under at 58. Um, Stuart, why do we bring this game up? You know what, Dave, to me, this game, you know, it's, it's another, you know, two ranked opponents. And I know I said last week, basically after five, six through 25 doesn't mean anything, but you know, teams like Louisiana Lafayette, coastal Carolina, you know, we're going to see teams like that in the top 25 to start this season off because, you know, they were there and they had good seasons last year and they're going up against Texas. Texas uh, named uh, their starting quarterback uh, yesterday, I do believe, was – I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head right now. I'm drawing a blank. 
Jr. Um, but Steve Sarkeesian, head coach Steve Sarkeesian, uh, coming in here, uh, was an analyst with Bama, then the OC uh, after Lane Kiffin left for Ole Miss. Um, getting another shot, getting another shot, really kind of turned his life around with you know the way he was drinking uh you know in in uh in washington and 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 uh, at his time in, in ucla and that's what cost or ucla usc and that's what cost him his job and and nick saban kind of resurrected him gave him gave him another chance and and he really he really made the most of it now he's he's in austin man it's a it's a it's a program it's a school that really they they want to get the most out of out of their 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 program and and if you're not winning you're you're out of town um you know even mac brown won a national championship there and uh they you know they sent him packing tom herman was supposed to be the the uh next up and coming uh whiz kid you know uh head coach he, he couldn't hack it in austin so I, I think the big draw in this game is is sarkeesian and um redshirt freshman hudson card hudson hudson i want to say hudson, chase hudson river card H hudson river card yeah so uh we'll see he, he beat out a, a couple of junior casey thompson had casey a thompson. bunch of offers coming out of high school high school bunch yeah. of offers so i think the big draw to me dave in this game 430 fox is going to be the steve sarkeesian effect i want to see how he does i want to see how he does in austin and you know in a team like louisiana lafayette they're not to be taken lightly. Um, they're they're not a team. I think that you know uh, they new shut program. me up real quick last year opening week. Oh, I couldn't bet believe against it. them. Didn't they win by like thirty eight points Crushed. or something like that? Crushed. Yeah. So th I think that's the draw on this one, Dave. Um, I don't I don't have a, I don't have a I don't have a say on which way to bet, but I, I'll be tuning in just to see how how uh, Texas does. Where are you leaning? Where are you leaning, Texas? Yeah, yeah, if I, if I, you know what, no, fuck that, excuse, oh, kid show, sorry, <laughs> French, excuse my French, I'm going to uh, Louisiana Lafayette, let's say take French, them points. La, la, wee, wee. <laughs> I'm going with them, I'm going to, I'm going to take the points, take the points, take them, you don't know what, what you're in store for, so take the points, they're almost giving you, you know, a touchdown and a field goal, might get beat on the hook, might not, maybe you cover, maybe you win outright, I don't know. And that'll take us into the... Sunday night game. Uh, we'll come back to Georgia at Clemson. Georgia Clemson is seven thirty on Saturday, uh, but we're going to save that uh, for Steve-O's bud, bud heavy pick of the week, and we'll let him run it down there. But so taking us into Sunday night, number nine Notre Dame, given seven and a half over under fifty five and a half versus Florida State, uh, a Wisconsin transfer for QB. Um, getting his first start for the for the Irish so kind of a, a brand new team here Steve-O yeah Jack Cohn coming in from from Wisconsin um you know I don't know how to take that I'll see how he can you know run Brian Kelly's offense I really you know Ian Book did a did a great job um you know Brian Kelly has you know been known to be an offensive guy so we'll see I Jack Cohn couldn't hack it at Wisconsin I don't know if he's going to be able to hack it at Notre Dame. I, you know that that's just my take on it. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to really expect. Uh, we'll see. You know, Notre Dame's got Williams coming back at, at running back. That kid had a huge season last year. Um, their their defense is going to be tough, but they did lose their DC um, to uh, Vanderbilt. They, he left there to be the head coach at Vanderbilt. Florida State's got a lot of questions. You got Mike Norvell in his second season. 
Um, you know, he he's he got a full spring camp. He got a full fall camp. Um, the guy's a high energy guy, puts a lot of emphasis on special teams. So so we'll see how disciplined Florida State is this year because they weren't very disciplined last year, made a lot of boneheaded mistakes. Um, you know, they 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 did beat uh, North Carolina and, and even in this game, quarterback Florida State still hasn't been named, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Jordan Travis. Um Mackenzie Milton was a guy, uh, UCF transfer. He 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 did great things. Won a national championship for Scott Frost over at UF, UCF, yep. or at least they have T-shirts made up that said Reclaimed. he did. Um, but I think he's kind of still been dealing with with injuries. I don't think he's been practicing much. But you know, Jordan Travis had had good numbers last year against at Notre Dame. Put up put up some points and really moved the ball for them. So, uh, you know. Rue put in here, Florida State gave up an average of 40 points per game in nine games last year. That's Their a, last that's, night, yeah. That's a ton. That's a ton of points. So, I, you know, Irish 4-2 and two against the spread. Florida State 3-9 and nine against the spread. I just I, I think year two of Mike Norvell is going to be a huge jump. Um, I know we they always say huge jump is week one to week two in games. But uh, I, I think this – I think this – Florida State team is going to be more disciplined, going to be more high energy, and going to figure it out more so uh, than than they were uh, last year week to week. And I don't know what to expect fully with with Notre Dame. So I, I, I don't want to lean either way. I was a Notre Dame fan as a kid. I've kind of uh, transitioned into the you know Florida State Seminole fandom because of my brother, a uh, huge Florida State fan for for his whole life, and. Um, I'm going to lean Knowles. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to lean Knowles, Tallahassee, home game. Going to be a lot of energy, memorializing Bobby Bowden, RIP legend Bobby Bowden, one of the greatest college coaches of all time. So Sunday night's going to be, you know, a fun, fun night for, for us here at the uh, Valenny Compound. And, so and it's Steve Labor Day. That's going to be a good night. <laughs> <laughs> So, Steve, before we get into your bud-heavy pick of the the week, which features obviously the game of the week, um, Georgia versus Clemson, give us the sixty-second uh, rundown with Steve. What's got you fired up this week, Dave? What's got me fired up this week? And I'm gonna give the people what they need. Are the New York freaking Mets? Who do these players think they are? Javi Baez, my man, you hit 210 the last month of the season and fans booed you, so you give them a thumbs down because you actually went out there and got a hit. The same fans that pay your salary, your 20 million plus salary per year, that's money we're never going to make in our lifetime. And this guy is making it in a season with fans that have to go out there and pay their salaries. They have to basically drop mortgage payments to go to a freaking baseball game and you're going to stick your thumbs down to these people well good for you Mets you know brass for getting in the players faces telling them to get their shit right because that ain't right you ain't booing the people that are putting money in everyone's pocket for that franchise so with 60 seconds this week Mets players shut the up <laughs> Steve I know I disagreed with you on the um uh, earlier with the Trent Dilfer, and that was probably, you know, a lot of people probably think that was a soft take, but I, I just agree. The millennials are out of control. They're absolutely out of control. They're running rampant, and, and there's not much we can do about it. 
No, they're not. You know, they're going to give thumbs down because they got booed. Well, hit better. Hit better, Javi. All right. <laughs> trying to bring poor Kevin Pilar into this guy. Took a baseball off the face earlier this season. He's a little still concussed CTE from it. But don't bring him into this shit. Francisco Lindor. What are you trying to do? You're trying to muddy waters with that guy. He's a franchise player there, Javi. Go back to Chicago. <laughs> Uh, so Moving on. <laughs> we got number five, Georgia. Number three, Clemson. An absolute amazing uh, 7.30 game on a- ABC to kick off, um, you know, the first week of college football. Uh, JT Daniels returns at QB for the Bulldogs. Clemson, uh, Clemson starts, you know, their redshirt freshman, DJ uh, Ugalele, who got two starts, two wins, two tremendous performances last season. No um, loss, Dave. Dave, one was a loss. Oh, that's the right. That's Notre right. Dame. Still put so up heavy numbers. He was numbers. one and one, but huge numbers. Huge numbers in both games. Uh, yep. But this is your butt-heavy pick of the week. Take it away. Lantern, give him the music, baby. Hey, this bug's for you. How awesome is this week? Five ranked opponents on Saturday to top it off with this game. I love it that that the teams are coming out and they're not playing cupcake schedules in week one. Uh, I love this. Uh, number five versus number three, Clemson, Georgia. Two teams that I think are still going to be standing when it all is said and done at the end of the year. It's uh, in Charlotte, so it's a neutral site game. Uh, I know there's, you know, a lot of a lot of people are leaning towards Clemson, and, and rightfully so. Um, they're heavily favored to win the ACC, bringing back veteran O line, uh, number one ranked uh, D line, number three ranked linebackers. So their defense is going to be pretty stout. But don't tell Justin Fields that because he lit their asses up last year in the in the playoff semifinal game. Um, DJ Ugalele, Justin Ross spells it with a Y. Justin with a Y. Um, <laughs> They're going to be a dynamic duo this year. But are they Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne? Because those are going to be two big shoes that you got to fill. And I know Etienne was a running back, but the guy could also catch it out of the backfield, made huge plays. And they're going against a team from the SEC, baby, the Georgia Bulldogs. Like that creepy kid that was painted in white, the Bulldogs. I'm going with Georgia, baby. Give me the points. Give me the over. I love the over in this game. I got, I got my main man, uh, JT Daniels. I know Fizzle can't stand the kid, but but I, I'm liking him. Four games last year, 1,200 yards passing, two, 10 touchdowns, two INTs. I look for him with a full offseason last, you know, spring, fall. Keep saying that. Huge for these guys to really get reps with their team. They got two great running backs coming back with uh, Zamir White. He rushed for 793 yards last year, 11 touchdowns. And you've got Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook, looking to build off a, a pretty solid freshman year. Um, you know, I, I know the loss of George Pickens, it, it, it might hurt, but it's Georgia, man. It's the SEC. It's Kirby Smart, top five recruiter each and every year, year in, year out. Give me the Bulldogs. I'm taking them. Down goes Dabo Sweeney. Down goes Clemson. Sorry, DJ 
ukulele. I can say your name right, but you ain't winning Wait, this one, can... baby. Let's go, Bulldogs. <laughs> well, they could, they could still win. Georgia just has to cover three points. All right. Either way, Georgia. <laughs> go with Georgia, baby. Take the points. Take the three. Take Georgia. Parlay it with the over. Yes, sir, bud. Heavy pick of the week. <laughs> That's going to do it for us, folks. Enjoy this week of games. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Cover City Sports, on Instagram at Cover City Sports. You know, Steve will be dropping some videos uh, and his, his hits and misses uh, throughout these games. So, so tune in, uh, leave us a comment, leave us a like, and we will see you back next week. Yo, Lantern, light this baby up. Yeah, Cover City. What y'all saying? Give me my money. Man, I can't wait for these games. I'm fired up. Like Billy Bob, I'm fired up. Fire that pink skin. 